0: Hey everybody, you're listening to the Enlighten Me podcast, and I'm your host Mackenzie. I'm super glad that you're here today because we are talking about a topic that I think is extremely important. For this week's episode, I interviewed my new friend, Diana Stewart, who is a wife, a mom, and the president of a green cleaning company called Envirox. A lot of you have probably heard of green cleaning, and maybe even tried out some all-natural products in your own homes. But Envirox began before the green cleaning movement really took off. The company was passed down to Diana by her father who started it. So in this conversation, Diana and I are not only talking about what green cleaning looks like, but what being a female president of a company in a male-dominated industry looks like. The scope of our conversation ranges from the gender wage gap, all the way to the pollution of our oceans. So we're hitting on a lot of important topics today, but Diana does such a great job of explaining what we need to know about these topics and why it matters. Whether or not you have ever purchased any cleaning products that you would consider green, you're gonna love this conversation. I learned a lot about what it really means to clean in a green way and why this is so important for not only the health of our planet, but our own personal health. What's interesting about this conversation is that Envirox is primarily targeted towards commercial industries, meaning that they are selling products to places like schools and large companies. So Diana and I also talk about the effects on these industries, which is gonna hit home for a lot of you if you work in a school or any type of office building where the cleaning is outsourced to other parties. In this convo, Diana addresses a lot of myths that center around green cleaning, But she is also going to encourage you to take a step to make a difference, no matter what your position is, whether you work in an office, or you have children in a public school, or even if you're just at home and you do the primary amount of cleaning. This episode has something for everybody, and I promise that you're going to be enlightened. So here is my conversation with Diana, and I also have to give a shout out to my mom who gave us the hookup. Thanks, mom. All right, here is my conversation with Diana. Hey, Diana, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Mackenzie. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. I'm happy to have you. Can you start by introducing yourself to all the listeners?
1: Sure. My name is Diana Stewart, and I'm the mother of four-year-old twin girls, I'm also a wife, and the president and second-generation ownership of Envirox, which we'll talk about a little bit later. For the most part, I'm one of many women who's juggling a lot of responsibilities between work and family.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm excited to learn more about everything that you do, Um, but let's start by first talking about Envirox, and we'll talk about your journey with the company, but first, could you just tell us kind of what Envirox does, what Envirox is all about? Sure. Well, I'd like to make a long story short, and that's that, uh, so about 20 years ago,
1: my father, Patrick Stewart, developed a cleaning technology that was truly like nothing else on the market And his purpose in doing this was to reduce toxicity of cleaning to people, reduce the burden that cleaning has on the environment, and also to make products that work extremely well. And at that time, nobody else had really pulled all of those things together. So Envirox today still follows those core principles from 20 years ago, and we do our best to make indoor environments safer and healthier for the people who are in them and, and also reduce our impact on the environment as much as we can.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. and. Now, green cleaning, quote-unquote green cleaning, is becoming more and more popular. More and more people are familiar with the term and kind of what that looks like. But you guys were kind of doing this before it was really popular, right? Yeah, it
1: is. It's a neat story. And a lot of the veterans in our industry who have been here for decades and decades really credit my father with bringing a technology to market that really made the other companies, the really big businesses that make most of the products in our industry take notice and actually start shifting their technologies to being safer and healthier as well, which I Mm. consider to be a major win.
0: Yeah, that's great. And so can you tell us a little bit about the products without getting too scientific, (laughs) maybe what they're made of and how they work? Yeah, absolutely. The,
1: The unique part of our technology is that my father was the first to stabilize hydrogen peroxide in a cleaning form mm. and, and the balance of the chemistry in our products helps provide a lot of, of unique capability. So an example would be is that our core value proposition is that we can clean any facility 95% of it with one concentrate chemical, simply in two different dilutions. So if you can imagine taking one product into a facility, getting rid of the dozens of others that are taking up the janitor's closet and replacing it with something that's going to clean your glass, that's going to clean your carpets, that's going to deodorize your bathrooms, that's going to renovate your your grout and be safe to use on any water safe surface and do great heavy lifting work. It's just an incredible savings and a value proposition that that even today, uh, none of our competitors can actually
0: replicate. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you've probably already convinced some people that they want your product. So, but for the most part, you guys are selling to commercial industries, right? It's not necessarily something you would see in the grocery store. Yes, exactly. We specifically
1: do commercial. Cleaning. Uh, now, anyone could go into one of our commercial distributors and purchase a product, but everything we do is geared towards uh, cleaning schools, in universities, stadiums, churches, monuments, office buildings, you know, essentially any public or private facility that you can imagine.
0: Mm. That's really cool. So with you you mentioned that your father started the company, right? And mm-hmm. so can you just talk about your journey with becoming now the president of the company? Yeah,
1: it it was definitely a Journey, And it started when my father started the company 20 years ago, and I watched he and my brother build this business from a distance while I was in high school. And then once I was in college, I took the opportunity to work in the business during school breaks and, and summer vacation. And that's when I started to be really inspired by what they were doing. And where where they would have me help was in training custodians when we were, you know, launching a new customer and, and helping them understand how to mm-hmm. use the products. And it was the interaction with the people using our products and technology where I understood what a difference we were making in their life. Yeah. I mean, these are people who come to work and you know cough while they're cleaning the bathroom because of the irritation to their lungs, their eyes water, their hands peel. Mm-hmm. And the work they do can be incredibly dangerous. Mm-hmm. But with our technology, they're able to do that work take the pride in their work, get the result, and, and not hurt themselves in mm-hmm. the process. And that just captured me very, very early on. And all of the rest of my, my studies at school were focused on health and environment after that. Mm. So joining, joining the family business was really about me being able to realize my interest in making a difference for individual people. Um, at that point, I had no idea that yeah. I would ever be president of this company. Yeah. And and I'm really grateful that that, that wasn't my original trajectory because... Because every area of this company that I've worked in over the past decade and a half, I've put my heart and soul into, uh, always believing that maybe that would be the spot that would be my final career uh, position. And it was was actually only several years ago that, that really the stars aligned, and it was my executive team around me who who really looked at me and said, "You know, Diana, we believe you're ready for this." And mm. I was able to look back at them and say, "Yeah, you know what? <laughs> I agree. I think I think we're going to we're going to grow this thing and we're going to expand it and and I'm ready to lead." So. Yeah.
0: That's that's really a cool story. And so we are going to talk more about green cleaning specifically, but I'm sure some people are wondering uh, with you being a president, a female president of a company, that's not sadly entirely common in our world. And so I'm sure people are wondering about that. So, um, especially just with a lot of the movements going on nowadays in our culture. So do you want to talk about that a little bit and maybe any challenges you've encountered or just what that's been like to be running a business and be overseeing other other people, including many men, right? Yeah, abs- sure. So,
1: so it's interesting because I've, I've thought about this a lot over the past couple of years and Being a female president in a male-dominated industry, I've actually had a really great experience of that, where even with being relatively young for my position and female and second generation which complicates the whole thing um i have been really welcomed by our partners by our industry uh, by our customers by our distributors i have not felt um, attention there and i feel very fortunate for that but with that i have this perspective of being in this industry for the last 15 years and when we talk about you know harassment or or unfavorable conditions um, that aren't inclusive of everyone like I've definitely experienced that in my career uh, especially when I was not in positions of of power Mm -hmm. essentially so as my careers progressed and my position in my career and in this company has has improved the harassment has essentially gone away so I don't have those experiences at all in my current position, but I definitely used to. So there's this real power dynamic, um, that I think is important for us to be conscious of and work to eliminate yeah. for women in the marketplace.
0: Yeah, sure. Well, I'm glad that you don't experience that anymore. That's really good. And I wonder too, do you feel like any part of that was, made better since your dad passed the company along to you like do you think it could have been worse if you had just started here and nobody knew who you were or anything like that oh absolutely
1: yeah that's that's not lost on me at all my father has gained uh incredible respect in this industry for what he built and what he created what he invented uh and and also the kind of company that we are in at envirox Uh, we have we have a high level of principle in what we do, and commitment to to our word and how we yeah. do business and how we show up in the marketplace. So, I'm pretty sure there's a meaningful halo effect yeah. in what my father built and and me right. helping and supporting that, and then him making that choice that that I was ready to lead us forward. I think yeah. there's a lot of respect for his decision there.
0: Yeah, that's really that's really helpful. I'm sure and really good that he was able to build such a healthy environment. Would you want to say anything to women that are listening and maybe in a similar position of climbing the ladder or becoming gaining more and more power and more and more respect in their businesses, but maybe who feel like at less of an advantage or something, maybe they didn't come in having as much respect as you did perhaps or anything like that that you would want to speak to those women?
1: Yeah, yeah, I would. Um, you know, when I look back at some of the behavior that I tolerated in work environments, you know, I wish I would have had at that point the, the confidence and, and essentially confidence to set stronger boundaries. I think that if i would have been prepared to set those boundaries maybe even practice setting those boundaries mm-hmm. knowing that i would be in situations that i was uncomfortable with mm-hmm. um then i would have been able to do that skillfully mm-hmm. but i would i would recommend to women in male dominated industries to really think that through like how do i want to skillfully set a boundary and and what am i willing to tolerate in my environment you yeah. really own that
0: yeah that's really good advice and i think it Obviously shows that this is a real relevant problem since you encountered it, even though your dad was the president. Like, who would mess with you? If your dad's the president of the company. Well, what
1: was remarkable is, uh, you know, a, a real a real gift is that my brother and my father. I mean, they never took into account my age or my gender. Yeah. You know, if it was a valuable business experience, they just took me with. And they started yeah. taking me along on business trips when I was probably fifteen or sixteen. Mm. So in many ways I've I've been on the inside. Yeah. Um, you know, in the, you know, quote unquote like locker room environment. And and it's and it's interesting. It's very interesting. I'm glad that yeah. I had seen that environment and it certainly influenced my perspective because while I certainly was at least a little bit protected because of who I was with yeah um, you know I see the other side of it and I'm sure it is far more difficult for young women in this industry in many industries Mm -hmm. who you know who aren't there with their father their brother for example
0: yeah yeah definitely and I think too it's important to note that that doesn't mean that you worked with a bunch of people that were sexist, no, or or something like that. I think it's <laughs> just something that is innate in us. Like, even this is a really small example, but my husband's going to have to hire an assistant for his new work. Um, not not necessarily a secretary, but I think it's called an administrative assistant. Mm-hmm. And my mind automatically pictures it being a woman. Right. And, and that's just because of stereotypes that I have, even though I would consider myself somewhat of a feminist. It's like, oh, my gosh, I need to get that out of my head. It could be a man. A man could do that job. And so I think there's just a lot of stereotypes that we all hold because of what we've mm-hmm. seen over time. And those definitely come out. And I think probably any woman that's worked in any kind of job like this they've experienced that in some way shape or form yeah I agree completely and our it's just
1: that bias we all have been we all have been raised in a very specific way and dynamic and that's influenced the way we think about things and the more that we can I think recognize and be aware of our bias yeah the more we can overcome it
0: yeah absolutely yeah how about uh, was there anything you wanted to talk about? We've kind of been talking generally. Was there anything you wanted to talk about with, like, the gender wage gap or anything like that more specifically? Sure. With, you know, it's interesting because,
1: you know, this this is a woman-owned company, and I am the president of this company. And, and I realized, you know, upon looking through, you know, our entire employee base— you know, really needing us to ask ourselves these questions about bias and making sure that that we don't have any. There was something I was listening to recently about the practice of of when someone applies for a job asking them what they made at their last job mm-hmm. and how it can have this domino effect mm-hmm. of of keeping people underpaid. Yeah. And create that gender disparity disparity between yeah. the two um and I was thinking about that and I'm like oh I'm like we asked that question you yeah. know and it's just coming partnering with uh with our HR department to really identify where we just because it's the way it's always been done can even be perpetuating these things even though we're mm, conscious yeah of it. so so yeah it's just something that I think takes great awareness to change the paradigm
0: yeah definitely Is that something that you just kind of are actively thinking about on your own? Or do you guys have policies of, okay, this is how we're going to make sure that there's not gender differences in the salaries that we're paying? Or is that more just like a personal conscience kind of thing?
1: It's both. I have a great... HR manager, and she's very focused on yeah. this, and you know she's very good at identifying anything to that effect, and yeah. she is personally sensitive to it uh, in a really positive way for us. And then for me, it's extremely important. Uh, it's it's extremely important for me to to be influencing our company in such a way that it truly is equal opportunity. Um, yeah. And that we are creating the change that we wanna see in the world at large. Here we yeah. have control over this little environment. Uh, it's almost like a, its own little society yeah. in a lot of ways in our company. And, and we can make choices here to improve people's lives.
0: Yeah, that's great. And considering your leadership style as the president, looking both at you know wanting to create an inclusive environment, considering gender differences and any kind of diversity issues like that but also just more generally leadership as it stands um, how do you work on your leadership style, or what are some of your personal practices that you put into place?
1: Yeah, so so there are a couple of there are a couple of things. We're very fortunate that probably about ten years ago, my father brought in a corporate culture coach, and he introduced us to a couple of different tools. One of them being the Oz principle, which is a whole book and series of, of training on on how to have an above the line workplace that solves problems and is collaborative um, and transparent, and then. And then also the four agreements, which is more interpersonal work of not taking things personally and and being impeccable with your word and using your voice and really understanding your own experience. And those two tools have been really critical over the last decade in mm-hmm. shaping my leadership style. Uh, I am naturally a collaborator. I'm not a, a dictator. I don't think I could be a dictator if I tried. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but it is interesting because there's. Um, there's this balance like a a business is not a democracy it can't be run like a democracy it doesn't really function very well that way yeah uh, for any of the people in it but it is at its best if it's a collaboration and that collaboration isn't just between um, say me and the executives but between everyone in the company so I see a lot of my role as as guiding that collaboration mm-hmm. and making sure that I'm holding these spaces open and setting the expectation that, that we are working together towards the same objectives. Yeah. Um, so in a nutshell, that's how I approach it very much so as a facilitator um, of this culture that, that
0: gets the work done. Yeah, that's great. And another dynamic that's kind of fun and and an interesting anecdote that I'm sure people would like to know is that your husband works for you, right? (laughs) And so I'm sure people want to know how that works, but even just generally speaking, too, about how men can support women in power, whether they're husbands or just colleagues,
1: yeah, it is. It is an interesting dynamic. And again, as I didn't expect to become president, neither did I expect to be my husband's boss. Right. <laughs> um, so he is our CFO. And and I'm just incredibly fortunate that that as a couple, we work extremely well together. That's and good, we were yeah. you know, we spent years um, with me as the marketing director, and he is the CFO as, you know, peers in that yeah. way. Uh, and that really gave us a good solid base of working relationship to be able to take into this new role. And, I mean, I'm not going to say it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is definitely not easy, and there's just this continuous improvement process going on. Yeah,
0: uh, You get to work on your marriage a lot more than most people yeah, do. Yeah, <laughs> right, we do, we do. And,
1: and, you know, it's not something that I'd even suggest to anyone who isn't um, interested in that dynamic already but for us it works extremely well and I can't imagine it any other way yeah um to your second part of your question about how to support the women in our lives who are you know who are juggling so much um who are you know trying to do the best with their career trying to do the best with their families I would say ask yeah ask women how they want to be supported Mm -hmm. i think that's the key because people are so different in this way yeah um and i think uh most of us our knee-jerk reaction you know when we're listening to someone's challenges is to try to run in and fix them Mm -hmm. um and that's not always what the other person wants i think it might rarely be yeah (laughs) that's true so I, i think really asking how um the person wants to be supported and taking that to heart and taking action on the feedback
0: yeah That's good advice. Very practical. Okay, so let's move to talking more about green cleaning. Uh, Again, this is something that a lot of people are really interested in. It's becoming more popular. We're seeing it more on store shelves where we have the option to buy the natural cleaner and whatnot. So can you maybe just... Broadly, kind of talk to us about the movement, so to speak. Is it a movement? I don't know. You know, it's it's becoming more popular. Why are people becoming more and more interested in it? Do you think?
1: Yeah, I think, I think right now, um, it's twofold. So everywhere we look around us, uh, people are getting sicker. Yeah. In all sorts of ways. Yeah. You know, I don't want to count how many people I know right now who have cancer. Yeah. Much less allergies and asthma and you know, all sorts of different challenges with their health. So when we talk about green cleaning, it is a portion of that toxicity that's making us all sick and it's in our indoor environments. Uh, And if you think about, you know, we used to open windows and now you can see in this room we're we're in, the windows don't actually even open. So whatever is being used to clean this room, all of those fumes, all that toxicity is staying here. Mm -hmm. Now, Luckily, in this room in particular, it's yeah. <laughs> cleaned by our products, and that's not an issue. Um, but it's it's really relevant. And then you have that layering on top of the outgassing from all the materials, the carpets, the paint, everything that's in these buildings. And the same thing's true about our homes. You know, energy efficiency is an excellent thing, but we're making our indoor environments just completely tightened up with no real airflow so so this indoor air quality thing's a big deal and green cleaning helps with that considerably just removing a lot of that toxicity it's just unnecessary at this point point. Mm-hmm. and the other part of this is sustainability i mean mm-hmm. the other thing that that everyone's awareness is growing around is what's happening to our oceans what's happening to the toxicity of mm-hmm. our city water uh, all of this runoff and all these things when when a clean when cleaning happens the primary parts of that chemical go down the drain mm-hmm. and into our waterways. And, you know, there's there's a tipping point where it's difficult for for the water cleaning systems to really filter all that out. And mm-hmm. then there's everything that's happening to the environment in the meantime. Uh, so I, I think that the awareness around that is just growing. There are a lot of great organizations out there that that are pushing that awareness and and it's catching on yeah i mean i think a lot of it is just us um beginning to work in our own self-interest
0: yeah definitely if there's anybody who green cleaning hasn't yet piqued their interest they don't necessarily see a problem with it or just the toxin free lifestyle in general they haven't yet grabbed a hold of that or gotten on board what would you say to someone who's like, I don't really see why this is important?
1: Yeah, there's lots and lots of people like that. And I um and I get it. I totally do. Because it is, uh, it is a heavy issue to take on. To yeah. actually dive in and fully educate ourselves about the toxicity around us is an overwhelming experience. So I completely understand why a lot of people keep it at arm's length. Yeah. And I would recommend to start small like that's the yeah. really nice thing about green cleaning in particular is that the products are there and it's just a choice yeah it's a simple choice you get to keep on doing what you were doing but you're just doing it with lower toxicity for your family and for the environment the products are available the technology works and yeah and it's not that big of a trade-off so that would be yeah. my recommendation is like you know what educate yourself if you don't want to you know dive in 100% just start making small choices choices the easy ones
0: yeah so yeah I always think too with options like <clears throat> that especially when it comes to cleaning I kind of think why why wouldn't you even <laughs> if you don't care about the toxins that are in the chemicals or whatever but it's usually gonna be cheaper and you know at least especially if you have kids you don't have to worry about them like licking the windows or whatever right? licking the counters <laughs> I just think why not try it. It's not it's I know with a lot of things that I talk about like fair trade food or whatever, those things are hard cuz they are more expensive, but this really isn't or even how do you feel about Norwex? Do you like Norwex? I know it's
1: <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> different it, company, but <laughs> yeah,
1: no, it's interesting. I think um, you know the the website that I really like to go to to check out what products are out there yeah. is uh, EWG.org and that's Environmental Working Group. Okay. And they do incredible, they're a not-for-profit, science-based organization. And they rate ingredients and products. And all you have to do is like type in a cleaning product or type in a personal care product. And yeah. it will give you essentially a scorecard on it okay. of its level of toxicity, if it has any issues with the ingredients. Um, I'm not sure if they have efficacy stuff on okay. there. But I haven't personally tried that product, so I can't okay. speak to it. Yeah. But that's where I would go to EWG.org okay. to check out.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, I was options. just going to say with it, one thing that's great is I mean they have a million products you could buy honestly it's a little overwhelming but but the idea I think what started out is that you can use this one cloth to do everything and you don't have to buy paper towels anymore so that's reducing mm-hmm. waste right and ultimately yeah the cloth is $20 but that I mean that's two packs of paper towels right, right there so so if you keep it forever that's saving you a lot of money, it and so I, I think there are a lot of things like that where it's kind of like even if you don't care about the toxicity part, why wouldn't you just try it? Save money. You know, yeah, <laughs> On and top of it. Yeah. yeah. I one thing I've wondered too is that probably a lot of people didn't know that this is taking place in the commercial settings like you said the schools hospitals office buildings when we think of green cleaning we think of like buying a norwex cloth or whatever getting the natural cleaner when we're looking at what toilet bowl cleaner like mrs Myers or whatever so can you talk about yeah what's going on in the more commercial settings because i know i would be really comforted if i was staying in a hospital they were like oh yeah we use Toxin-free cleaners. That would be really nice, um, but that's probably something that most people don't know about. Yeah, the,
1: there are a couple of organizations in our industry that have done a great job of pushing the green movement. One of them is Green Seal. Uh, there's also a speaker and an activist by the name of uh, Steve Ashkin who's been working for decades of just building awareness of why this is important and how easy it is to make the changes. I would say ten years ago the the movement in our industry was pretty strong um, and for one reason or another it's it's kind of tapered off a little bit unfortunately the the sector that I would say has done the best is education. There okay. are a number of states out there, you know actually a couple dozen that um that require K-12 through schools to use green cleaning practices, mm. yeah. uh, which is incredibly important because if yeah. you think of how many children have asthma and allergies oh, yeah. and sensitivities, uh, it's just critically important for the health of our next generation. Yeah. But really, I, I think there's a long way to go. There's yeah. a really long way to go. And, you know, we're still going to end users and customers and they have a dozen different chemicals some of them that can blind somebody burn their skin uh, all sorts of hazards besides yeah. just what's being kicked into the air yeah and and there's just a long way to go yeah. uh, so as you know as a patient in a hospital, or, or a parent who has kids in school. Yeah. I mean, I encourage people to use their voice. Ask, what are they cleaning my child's school with? Yeah, And really demand that it's not bleach, that it's not um, Windex, that it's not products that are going to create an unhealthy indoor environment. Yeah, uh, But I, I really think it's up to people to use their voice and put that pressure
0: yeah. on the people around them. And do you think that with your company, for example, do you think that's really a valid option? Like, we were talking about affordability. Is it really absolutely a valid option for schools, like schools that are in low-income districts? Is that really feasible for those schools? Like, if a, if a parent or a teacher or whatever is listening and thinking, I want to do that, but my school's broke. There's no way they would go for that.
1: Yeah, that's one of the big misconceptions that I'd, I'd love to dispel. Uh, most of our customers, first of all, are in that situation because yeah. we're able to to go in with a single product, reduce so much else of what they have to u- use, uh, and also reduce things like worker compensation claims because the custodians aren't hurting themselves with the chemicals, mm. yeah. um, and they end up saving money. I mean, simply enough, our products are so simple and effective that that the customer ends up reducing their spend. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's a real opportunity, and I, I think that that's just one of those misconceptions that's from years and years ago, that, that there's sacrifices involved, yeah. and there's really not. It's pretty much all upside.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's great. What other myths are there about green cleaning? Like, have you encountered any thing where when you tell people what you do, they're like, oh, oh, have you encountered anything like that where you wanna dispel any other myths?
1: I think that there's still some stigma around green technologies not working because really before my father created this technology, there were a lot of green products out there that really didn't work very well. Sure, yeah. Um, I mean, people's hearts were in the right place, but they right. hadn't found that you know that technology patentable trigger to make something that, that really functions well and cleans extremely well. Uh, so I think that that is still out there. It does depend on the technology, um, but there are technologies that are safer, healthier, and work extremely well. Yeah. We happen to be one of them.
0: Yeah, great and do you think that this one like could one person do you think in your opinion make a difference at this if they if just one person decided okay I'm gonna switch to toxin-free cleaning products I'm gonna join the green cleaning movement just in my little household but maybe they're feeling like that's not that big of a step do you think that makes a big difference
1: I do and it's twofold one is that they're making a difference for themselves yeah for their family and their health and the health short-term and long-term of yeah. of their family. And that's, yeah. that's motivation enough for me. Now, on the bigger scale, yeah. uh, each one of us is making an impact right now. Yeah. By every dollar we spend, mm-hmm. by every vote we cast, mm-hmm. to whether we're building a more sustainable future or yeah. a less sustainable future. Yeah. So it isn't, can someone, a single person make a difference? It's recognizing that each and every one of us, whether we're doing it intentionally or not, is making a difference right yeah. now. The question is, is how do we make the difference we want?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So That's really a good perspective. Is there any other thing that you think we as consumers need to be aware of for the next time someone's going to the store to get those cleaning products or whatever it is, anything else you think we should look out for?
1: Yeah, I, I really do think it's about defining for yourself a reasonable step you know, and maybe it's like this month, like if someone really wants to, to shift, it's like, okay, going to start with cleaning products this month. You know, clear out the toxic stuff, educate yourself a bit about what solutions you want to replace it with and just make that change and live with that change for a while and get comfortable with it and then take the next step yeah you know maybe it's your personal body care making sure that um that your shampoos and your sunscreens and all of that are you're choosing options that remove that toxicity from your family and then do that and then take the next step but i really do think it's not about doing everything at once because i think that can keep people from putting one foot in front of the other
0: yeah so start small yeah then keep on going yeah definitely (laughs) and Probably cleaning is a great place to start because yeah, it's easy. It is easy. And also, something else I was wondering when we were talking about it was if someone's like, okay, I want to switch to toxin free cleaning. What do they do with all their old stuff? Because I was like, you don't want to pour it down the sink, do you? Because it's pretty toxic. Right? No, <laughs> you don't.
1: You don't. Like, honestly, I would call your local um, your local disposal company and ask them. Okay. Uh, because a lot of that stuff would be better to be disposed of in a professional way. Yeah.
0: Um, and it, Which it, is really scary that yeah, we're using it, it in our homes. But, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I would, I would call the professionals in your area and ask about your options.
0: Okay. Good to know. Okay. And... Something else that you had mentioned to me that I had honestly never thought of but found really interesting was the intersectionality component of all this. And you've kind of touched on it briefly, like when we talked about the custodians and whatnot in schools, but how diversity and equality and sustainability all intersect with one another. And, I, and I'm and i passionate about diversity and equality, and I'm passionate about sustainability, but I never really saw how they came together. And I think your perspective on that is really interesting. So, can you just share that? With yeah, everybody? yeah. I,
1: um, I'll use an example. And I always like the, the example of, of recycling and landfills. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so, no one wants to live by a landfill, nobody does. Right. And people with resources financially can just make that choice. They can move yeah. to a different city, they can live somewhere else. But, but people who don't have those resources, Typically, the underserved in our communities—they don't have that choice, and it creates an immediate imbalance, inequality. Mm. They're they're in a less healthy environment um, because most like there are illnesses that happen because people live near landfills. Yeah. Um, and the schools tend to be worse. So then you have this whole domino effect of inequality that's plaguing generations because those of us with the means don't recycle more don't reuse more um, our consumer society yeah and so there's this big link in here like as we all make more sustainable solutions mm-hmm. we're leading ourselves to to an environment where equality is actually possible like if we don't have an sustainable environment then then how are we ever going to get there? That's yeah. sort of my feeling. And if we don't care about equality, then I think we're unlikely to make those sustainable solutions because the yeah. people with means and with resources will just keep on looking out for number one mm-hmm. and throwing lots of stuff away instead of making a different choice mm-hmm. that that helps themselves and helps other people and future generations mm-hmm. equally. Yeah. So that, that's that's how I see all of it really being intertwined. And, and another example would be you know, I talked earlier about how it was really the, the custodians and the people doing the cleaning that inspired me to join this business and the impact we had on them. And the difference in between someone who's working a part-time job, you know, cleaning a school, for example, if they're using products that are damaging their health, what's the likelihood of that person to go back to school to be able to take really good care of their family if their health is challenged mm-hmm. so doesn't it make sense uh, from an equality standpoint to provide that person with a safe working space so that they can have even the energy and the means and the health situation to be able to do more more or different things with with their life and care for their family better so i just i think all of these things are really interconnected and making one good choice towards sustainability yeah. can have a really great impact on lots of people.
0: Yeah, definitely. And something else that you brought up that we probably know but aren't really aware of is the fact that a lot of times the people in the positions of vulnerability as far as the cleaning products are from minority groups.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, primarily. I mean, it's it's almost entirely um,
1: minority groups yeah. that are that are doing a lot of, of that work. So it's just another layer. You know, I I think that we all have responsibility to, to raise others up and to do what we can to, to help them progress. And one of the things that inspires me about what we do here and what my father created is that we're able to do that through our work. Yeah. A lot of ways.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that's really cool. And, you know, something, I just I always think about cycles of poverty and how different things contribute to that, and I'd never thought about cleaning as being a part of that. But I think what you said makes sense. If someone is coming from an underprivileged, low-income background, they can't afford to go to college or whatever it is, and they get a job as a custodian in a school, trying to save up money, and then they get sick and can't go to school or whatever mm-hmm. it is. It's just. Yeah, it's continuing that cycle and that's a hard cycle to break, but I think it's great that there is the option of green cleaning, but obviously something that's not happening enough yet mm-hmm. in our in our schools or whatever it is. And I also like that you in the email that you sent me, you complimented the custodians and those types of workers as our unsung heroes. Oh, they like, are. That's so true. It's, oh, it's so amazing. True.
1: Like it just everyone like take a moment to imagine what our day-to-day lives would be if they if if the custodians who are working nights who we very rarely see weren't bringing pride to their work and doing it at a high level like yeah. we would be sicker we I mean if you think of infection control cold and flu season like they are the ones who are controlling most of the disease transfer in this country yeah I mean they do such incredibly important work and and it's mostly unseen and unrecognized unfortunately
0: yeah. So, how also does this topic of intersectionality relate to feminism?
1: Yeah, so I mean'm I'm, I'm a big fan of feminism throughout history as a as a rule. I don't think that I would have the opportunity that I have now if yeah. it weren't for women standing up and and requiring equal rights again and again and again yeah. against the odds. right. Um, but now, today. Yeah, I believe that we're at a place where feminism does its best work when it is looking at all minority groups, when it's looking at all underserved parts of our country and really working to partner with with everyone to create true equal opportunity. Uh, yeah. And that's where I just think it flows right together. It's not it's not just about women. I mean, yeah. it's about it's about everybody and I think that that's where that's where it intersects, and I think that's where we can do our best work towards progress.
0: Yeah. So how can you say, maybe in simple terms, like breaking it down, if people have been listening, they're like, I, they kind of lost me there. <laughs> um, if people haven't really thought about this topic before, how would you say that equality leads to sustainability? or is it vice versa? Is that right?
1: Well, I think, I think that they are I think that they are hand in hand. I think that if equality is on our mind, and I, I, I think it's about broadening our perspective of what equality means, it isn't just someone showing up for an interview and having the same chance at a job. Like, it's it's much bigger than that. It's also about, really, these cycles of poverty that you're talking about. Like, what yeah. else are we doing in our society that is keeping people down yeah and not being focused on having a sustainable environment for everyone not just the privileged is a really key part of it and our trash is a part of that and toxicity is a part of that so i I really think that they're just hand in hand and if we can think about them that way i think we'll we'll make more progress faster Mm -hmm. and what we're creating as a society
0: yeah one thing i was wondering if if you've done any research on this just because i know i have listeners that Aren't, are outside of the U.S., do you know, is this something that's really um, concentrated to the United States, or is the green cleaning movement going on worldwide? Is it a need worldwide? Are we lagging behind everybody? Do you know anything about that? I know a little bit about it. I
1: would say that we're in the middle. Okay. So Europe is way ahead. Okay. I mean, their regulations on... Raw ingredient chemicals are much more stringent. Uh, they have removed a lot of the toxicity from even being allowed to be used in cleaning chemistry. Okay, over there. So, uh, including the commercial industries, yeah, especially okay. the commercial industry. Okay, so they're further ahead of us. Um, but if you go to other countries, they're further behind. So okay. I would put America about in the middle.
0: Okay, that's good to know. Okay, so we were talking earlier to sort of people at home, maybe mm-hmm. more so. Now focusing on the other side of it, like you were saying, parents in schools or teachers in schools, but this could be anybody, right? Anybody that works in an office space or mm-hmm. just whatever it is. What yeah. implications are there for businesses that aren't focused on environmental sustainability and yeah, what what should people do about it?
1: Yeah, so if we think about if we think about indoor environments and sort of the domino effect of challenges that can happen with an individual's health if that is not a healthy indoor environment. Think of something simple, headaches. Is a business owner getting full engagement and a high level of productivity out of their employee Mm -hmm. if their employee has a headache because the indoor environment is, you know, if you don't have clean air. So there's a real business case for it. Yeah. Uh, And I think... You know, I, th- I hope that just about any business owner would really hear that business case if it were brought to them uh, by an employee, yeah. you know, by HR, by someone. But, you know, I, I think it's one of those things that, um, you know, our health is the most important thing we have. Yeah. And, you know, I think understanding how our environments and how the toxicity of our environments is impacting us can really help us drive change. And there's a business case for it. So it isn't just, oh, I don't feel well. It's it's, I'm going to be more productive if this is a healthier environment.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what would you recommend for people if maybe they're listening, but they feel like they're not at all in a position of power or even if, you know, maybe they are, maybe they rent an office space from somebody else and they're not in control of the cleaning environment. What What would you say, what kind of advice would you give on how to handle those situations if someone is wanting to take action? Yeah, I
1: think uh, I think one thing that is helpful is take, find the solution and then bring the solution. You know, do the work, like don't idly complain about things, like do the actual background. Like, okay, maybe the question is, how does our building get cleaned? And yeah. once you have the answer to that, you can you can actually call the people who clean it. Uh, in most office situations, it's a building service contractor in a completely separate business. Yeah. you can call them and you can ask them. And you can ask them what they use. Now there's this thing called a, a safety data sheet and every company is required to have them on their website. So if you know what chemical product is being used to clean a facility, you can go to that company's website, find their SDS, and see all of the specific health hazards. Mm. Now imagine the the impact if you take that into the building owner's or the boss's office, and you've got those SDS printed out, and you say, here are the health hazards around the products being used to clean this building. I know there are alternatives. If I do some research on this, would you be willing to, to put some pressure For this to change, you know, and asking that question. So I would just be very proactive about it and be willing to to do the work. To
0: do the work, yeah. Yeah, That's good advice. And that's the kind of stuff you can put on a resume, too. You You can be like, (laughs) organize a board to get environmentally friendly cleaning products or something like that. That's great. Okay, if you had to pick one main message you want people to walk away with, what would you want that to be?
1: That we all are making a difference already. So it's just about making sure that we're being intentional about the difference we're making. You know, are the choices that we make every single day, when we do our shopping, when we um, when we place our votes in the ballot box, are we taking account that every single one of those decisions is creating the future? I mm-hmm. want people to understand that they do have the power, and they're actually using it right now. And if yeah. we can be intentional about that power, then
0: then we will really multiply the benefits. Yeah. I like it. Okay, do you have time for some fun questions? Sure. So people can get to know you more? Yeah, fun sounds good. Okay, uh, how about some good advice you've gotten recently? To meditate.
1: Okay. I have gotten that advice for years now and I've just recently in the last two months started meditating just about every single day and I've got this cool app on my phone called calm and it's all these guided meditations because like I'm terrible at meditating it's all practice yeah (laughs) but I'm really noticing a shift in my stress levels my ability to like recognize my emotions like in the moment in process them better. And it's just, it's making me a better listener. Yeah. So the, all of that stuff they talk about with mindfulness I'm
0: finding is true. Yeah. And
1: it's, it's, it's been really good.
0: That's cool. Yeah. So do you do that when you're at work or at home or how do you do that?
1: I do it at home. So okay. my, my children go to bed at between eight and eight 30. Okay. So I have that little, I go to bed pretty early too. So I've got that like 30, 45 minutes of time for myself. And I've really taken, you know, just 10 minutes of that. Yeah. Um, to, to just have the discipline.
0: Oh, good for you. To do the
1: meditating. Wow. That's good.
0: Next, you'll be doing lots of yoga, right? That comes <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> baby steps. Baby steps. <laughs> I'll get there. Uh, do you have someone that you look up to as a role model?
1: You know, I have so many people I look up to that it's, it's really tough to single out one. But, but right now, both my mother and my ex-stepmother are battling cancer, mm-hmm. and they are both doing it with incredible resilience and optimism,
0: and, and
1: I'm in awe, yeah. complete awe of them.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Um, how about, what's the most impactful book you've read?
1: Um, You know, honestly, I think it goes back to those core books that we use in our culture with the Oz Principle and the Four Agreements. Personally, the Four Agreements is this book. I mean, I probably read it once a year at least. And every time it makes an impact on me and helps me be in the world better. Is a person, um, with better perspective and understanding of the people
0: around me. And I just keep coming back to it. So I would say the four agreements. Okay. That's good to know. I'll put a link for it. How about, have you listened to anything recently that you think everybody needs to hear like documentary, anything like that? I love my new
1: calm app (laughs) for meditating. Like it is, yeah, it's, it's really neat. And they have a, it's very, uh, it's got really rich content on it beyond just meditation. Like, they meditation on just about any topic that you can that are guided. And then also it has these segments about health and nutrition and just really good focused information on improving our wellness.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. So is, does it, is it like music that you listen to while you meditate or what? Some of it is. Okay. So there are lots of choices on it. That's the cool thing.
1: Like, I can do a guided meditation that's focused on breathing or a body scan, or I can do Mm. a guided meditation that has a segment that, um, helps me process my stress and teaches me tools on how to, to cope, um, or even how, um, how to take relationships deeper and become a better listener. And it's just, it's, it's got a lot of different content for just about any, anything you're struggling with.
0: Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Okay. I'll have to check it out. What about? Do you have a brand or a product that you're really liking lately besides Envirox products? <laughs> I, I
1: do. Have you heard of Beta Brand?
0: No. So, so it's this. It's
1: not just a clothing line. It's clothing and scarves and shoes and bags. But, but the whole premise behind it is that they use customer feedback to create and design the product so it's really smart stuff like the pockets are in the right place and it's high quality and it's just it's just a really smart brand and it's pretty neat the process they go by because every single piece that they have in the line is customer input driven so it's like a research project that you get to be involved with as they create it
0: okay so it's not like it's not they have tons of products. They do. They okay. do.
1: Yeah, there's lots of different stuff, but it's all focused on this. Um, you know, it's like, have you seen the, the business pants that are uh, yoga pants? you no. seen any of those ads for that oh my
0: gosh they I do them, feel though. like
1: yoga pants I have you pair. have a pair? I ordered another pair um the fabric is super strong like all the pockets are in the right place and like they look really professional oh my um, gosh yeah it's are they just black
0: brand. or do they have, other they have colors? different
1: colors and, okay
0: yeah I need some of those beta
1: brand okay I highly recommend checking it out
0: it's cool. okay <laughs> so it's like it's like a search engine is it like amazon kind of but it's better or what no it's
1: it's its own company it's just okay. it's a really neat premise but check it Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah, Yeah, I'm having trouble picturing it, obviously. (laughs) So it's its own company, but they have tons of products, basically. Right? Well, they select
1: products. It's different types of stuff, but everything has a real purpose and has been thoroughly researched with the people who are going to buy it. So it's completely targeted.
0: Okay. It's cool. Okay, good to know. Okay, uh, how about with Envirox? Is there any projects you guys have going on, that new and exciting things? Yeah, actually,
1: we, uh, we've been working for about five years on, on what we call the absolute cleaning system. Okay. And what we've done is we've taken our, our core technology with all the safety and the health and the simplicity, and we hyper-concentrated it. So what that means is that we have cut the footprint of the product in half. Oh, cool. So with a hyper concentrate, you're talking less plastic, less cardboard, less shipping cost, fewer gas emissions, and it's this great value to the end user with all the value that people are used to with our products. But we've really reduced that environmental footprint and added cool. in a bunch of features that our customers have been asking us for for a couple of years. So, okay. so it's just it's a leap forward, and we're really yeah. excited about it. But we've we've really only been in market with it for probably five months now.
0: Wow, that's exciting! Yeah, I'm sure people are wondering. Do you use pretty much only Envirox at home? I obviously use it in the workplace, but do you use it at home too? Yeah, I've never needed anything else. Really? Ever. That's all I use for ev- every like works for mirrors, window, everything. Everything. Wow. Okay, that's <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a, I mean, in our house, like there's a red bottle and
1: there's a green bottle, and it's all we need okay. to clean anything ever.
0: And you said that it's a it's i forget what concentrate? you concentrate concentrate so you dilute yeah. it with yeah. water right okay so yeah that would it lasts you a while I'm a assuming. long time yeah long long time yeah okay. if someone
1: if if a homeowner were going to go to an envirox distributor across the country and yeah. pick up the commercial product they actually could do that and like one gallon would probably last them a year yeah that's how
0: hyper concentrated it is wow okay that's good to know and something I didn't ask, how did you guys come up, or how did your dad come up with the name? Do you know? <laughs> H2 Orange 2. Well, uh, part of the technology,
1: the original technology, is cold-pressed orange oil. Uh,
0: and that's yeah. that's a
1: unique ingredient. It's yeah. really a premium ingredient to have yeah. in a cleaning product. Okay. Uh, and it gives it this amazing amazing smell like it's the product smells like you just opened up an orange under your nose it's pretty fantastic and it's hydrogen peroxide so that's h2o2 so h2 orange two
0: okay i see what about (laughs) what about envirox do you know how he came up with that name was that him
1: yeah, that was him. Okay. He, you know, this company uh, had a couple different names in the beginning until it settled on Envirox, and, and I don't know why they landed there. I know that the OX is the you know the oxygen part of it, and the Enviro Environment? is the an environmental okay. company.
0: Makes sense. Okay, good to know. Okay, how, how can people connect with you or find out more about Envirox, or can they buy it online, or would they have to go to a distributor? They'd have
1: to go to a distributor. We okay. do not sell online. Now, okay. it's uh, our website is enviroxclean.com. Okay. And we have a blog on that site if you want to learn okay. more about green cleaning, sanitizing, yeah. all sorts of details about yeah. products and facilities. Uh, we're also on Facebook and we're on Twitter. Okay. Uh, and we're on YouTube and Great. we're on LinkedIn. Yeah. Okay. There you <laughs> so go. We, we love social media and we put a fair bit into it. Yeah.
0: And you put, you contribute to the blog, right? Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I
1: have a, I have a, I'm I'm really proud of our marketing department. They have excellent content. uh, And and I contribute when asked. But most of the time, they've got it covered. Yeah,
0: cool. Okay. And on your website, do you have have information for where... Do you have distributing centers throughout Uh the whole country? Yeah,
1: in every single state, uh, multiples in every state. But yeah, yeah, we do have a distributor lookup. And and a unique thing about our, our company is that we're very customer focused. So when someone calls us you know, a human being picks up the phone, can answer all your questions, knows everything about everything. So, you know, if somebody wanted to find our products, couldn't find something on the website, they should just call us. Yeah. And we'd be happy to answer their questions.
0: Yeah. Well, there you go. Or they can just email me and I'll forward it to my mom and my mom can forward (laughs) it to somebody else. (laughs) We didn't mention that, that my mom was the connection here that she works for your company. So, and then I'm going to put a link to the website also that you had mentioned for in case there isn't an Envirox distributor Mm -hmm. close to where people live. You mentioned a website that people can check other products. Yeah,
1: ewg.org.
0: Ewg. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, that's really good to know. Okay. Yeah,
1: I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about all of this. Yes,
0: thank you so much for taking the time for teaching us all about green cleaning and just your experiences with the company. I learned a lot and I'm sure everybody did too. So thank you for your time. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was great. If you're anything like me, you're already looking up where the nearest Envirox distribution center is. So you can buy some of their awesome products. I know, I can relate. And since my mom used to work there, I can tell you that they are pretty sinking great and work wonderfully. I so appreciated Diana's honesty when it came to talking about what it's like to be a female president in a male-dominated industry and some of the difficulties that she's faced, but also how she is attempting to make change and be aware of even her own biases when it comes to being in a position of power. I really wasn't expecting to talk so much about what that experience has been like for her, but I was so intrigued to hear her standpoint on it. I think she did a great job in pointing out that we all hold stereotypes and biases, usually that we're unaware of, and we can do things that can further create disparities between groups without even realizing. Once again, you've heard me say before, that's why education is so important. And onto the main topic, I loved learning more about green cleaning. I've always been a fan of the more natural type of products that I see in the stores, but I honestly didn't really know what that entirely meant. I just assumed it was probably better for the planet, but I had hardly even thought about the effects it would have on my own personal health. I think the way Diana explained the toxins affecting not only our air and our oceans, but our own bodies because of what we're breathing in and what we're touching makes so much sense. Whether or not you agree with that, I think we can all agree that it makes sense to clean with more natural, environmentally friendly friendly products that are simpler to use, that are less harsh on our bodies and less harsh on our belongings because they are cheaper That is such an awesome benefit of participating in green cleaning. I thought the focus on the workplace in this conversation was super interesting. I had one, never thought about the fact that even if I'm a green cleaner at home, the workplace where I spend the bulk of my time during the day can still have some harmful effects on my body, and so it encouraged me to want to make a difference in that setting. And not only for me, but for those unsung heroes that are cleaning our workspaces and our daily environments that are suffering the negative effects of using these toxins every single day. This is honestly a topic I had never thought about, and I loved what Diana brought up about the intersection between green cleaning, sustainability, and diversity. What she said is so true that if we are only providing sustainable options for the privileged, we're leaving out a lot of people and really only contributing to cycles of poverty. I love the idea of focusing on having a sustainable environment, a sustainable home, a sustainable workplace for everybody, not just those of us who can afford to do it. Altogether, I thought Diana did an awesome job of addressing the stereotypes and myths that are associated with being a green cleaning person. I get teased a lot for being conscious of this kind of thing, but it's clearly so important and I think if more people knew about the dramatic effects it can have on the health of not only us, but our loved ones, I think more people would be interested in this. But what Diana shared about how to start this is so true. It has to be in baby steps or else it's going to get too overwhelming. So if you're intrigued, I would encourage you to look into what it looks like to dump all your nasty chemical cleaners and instead go with a more natural, environmentally friendly green cleaning product. Something like Envirox or there are tons of other options out there. Diana provided some great resources so that we can do our own research for what's around us so I highly encourage you to look those up, but don't stop there. Test the water, see how it feels, and then see what other changes you can make to start living a more toxin-free lifestyle. You'd be surprised at all the ways that toxins enter our lives, but I think cleaning is a great place to start with that. Don't get too overwhelmed. I promise it's going to take some time to learn, but it is achievable. I'm still working on it, and I know I have a long way to go. As always, you can view the links to anything that Diana and I reference in the show notes, which are viewable on the app that you're listening to or on my website, heartfelthippy.com. I would highly encourage you to check those out and to do some of your own research on what green cleaning products would be right for you. In the next coming weeks, I have a lot of great episodes coming up for you that I'm super excited to share. I haven't officially decided who my next guest is going to be, but I have some great episodes in store that I cannot wait to share. So stay tuned for that. And as always, you can follow along with me on Instagram or on my website. I would love it if you would do so. And I would also love it if you would consider leaving me a rating or review so other people can find out about this show. I so appreciate you tuning in today. I hope you learned a lot. Well, actually, I know you learned a lot and I can't wait to share more with you and help you to keep getting enlightened. Peace out.